Having everything in one place is a must. With direct integrations to carriers, load boards, and capacity tools, the Thai TMS software sets up brokers like you to potentially save 11 hours per week by finding load coverage 70% faster than other TMS systems. Tie it all together with the Thai TMS software. Sign up for a free demo now. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down the Freight Sales Show for Closers. My name is Kevin Hill. I'm your host for the next half hour as we talk about sales and freight sales. We have a special guest joining us here in a few minutes, David Stone. He's Senior Director of Transportation Services over at Ryder. He'll be joining us to talk about building sales teams, organizational culture, and, um, and, and winning winning in this game of sales. But first, let's talk about Northwest Arkansas. We just came back from there last Monday and Tuesday. We were live in person once again here at Freight Waves, Future of Supply Chain event. It was a, a great time. We, we all had a, a, a ball. David joined us down there in, in Arkansas. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Some great sessions. You can find them all on tv.freightwaves.com in the coming days or, or TV crews back there. They're editing, editing a, a lot of those segments, putting them in there. Um, one of our keynotes, we had Aza Hutchinson, who is the governor of Arkansas. We also, Billy Bean, um, you know, the, the executive vice president uh, of the Oakland A's, used to be the GM of the Oakland A's, came up with, with Moneyball. That was great. I was running around doing a lot of work during the conference, so I didn't get to see everything, but I am going to be checking it out on tv.freightwaves.com. Also, you should check out Michael Strait. Uh, he's a, a fellow from uh, fellowship professor from MIT talking about optionality. Had a great discussion on stage with him. Also, Ben Gordon. Um, we, we talked about e-commerce and also Ukraine, and he's doing a lot of uh, great humanitarian effort for Ukraine. So check out that episode. Then Bill Driggard and I, from uh, he's from Uber Freight, and we talked about the market quite a bit. Uh, also sat down with Trucker Tools and um, and Zoom and Lean had a great conversation with Robert Cardini, the um, the CEO over at at Lean. But we had a great time, you know. Had a, saw a lot of old friends. Some people had frozen margaritas, and um, we we just uh, we just had a really really great time. We'll talk about it in just a second as well. Sonar. We also launched uh, a couple different products. The the first ones. The NTI, I have a chart here for you right there. So this is the NTI, National Trucking Index, something we launched with our, our track data. And what we find here in the blue, we have NTI, and that includes fuel. It's at 286 right now, and you can see that steep decline since uh, really late February, early March. And the green line is excluding fuel. Can we throw that back up there once more, Tanner? Thank you. Uh, $2 a mile right now. So we see that. That comes out on a daily basis. This is the index, uh, the, the, the market, market index for dry van truckload rates. And we can take another look at this. We're going to compare it right now with our second chart against contract rates. So we see it right there. We see the spot rates excluding fuel, $2 a mile. See contract rates, 
still elevated, went through a historic kind of historic uh, rebidding over the, the course of early 2022 with contract rates, but we're expecting those to fall down a little bit as spot market uh, prices and rates dive down. So contract right now is at 292. Spot rate is at $2. You can find that on Sonar or on FreightWaves.com on a daily basis or NTI index of rates that we've collected through our track uh, product. So with that said, we'll get David on here in just a second. First, of, first though, let's uh, talk about TIE. TIE is the ultimate domestic 3PL solution for LTL and full truckload freight. TIE TMS gives you a centralized platform for sourcing load coverage by connecting you to load boards, rate intelligence, and capacity tools on a single page. To learn more, visit tie-software.com. That's T-A-I-software.com. So with that, let's uh, talk about freight sales with David Stone. He is the Senior Director of Transportation Management at Ryder. David, how are you doing today? Oh, fantastic. Thanks for having me back on. And uh, what a great time in, uh, in Arkansas, huh? It was a great time. It was great meeting you in person. It was great meeting a lot of different people that I've talked to on air, talked to over the phone, talked to on, on video conferencing. Finally, in, in person after the last uh, two years, it was you know, Freight Waves. It was our first conference out. A lot of people, it's their first, second, third conferences uh, coming through uh, since the pandemic. What were your uh, What were your thoughts about it? Yeah, I, th- I think about the same. Right? Is uh, I mean, great to see some old colleagues, some old peers. Uh, great to see all the vendors there. Um, I mean, I've never had so many demos of different products in one location um, in uh, in the past two years. Right? So that was great to see. Uh, and then the level of conversation there was was through the roof. I mean, we've just been through a pandemic, and so to hear everybody's kind of war stories as well as some things that uh, they figured out during the pandemic was was amazing. So yeah, all in all, great time. First time in Northwest Arkansas as well. So that was a lot of fun. It was. It was a, a very cozy venue too. So it, it made everyone network and interact together. And I thought it was, it was a unique experience on that front. For, for sure. I think the hallway alone was, uh, was tight on purpose. So uh, kudos to Freight Waves for putting it so tight. We had to interact with people. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't walk by a single booth without uh, somebody... Uh, engaging with you about something. And, and I hope it works out well for, for our vendors, for our, our attendees, for, for everyone to, uh, to, to create business relationships that will generate money and, and value over the long term. Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing, right, is we just went through two years of hearing different demos from, you know, whether it's Zoom calls or whether it's phone calls. Um, so to see things in person and interact in person and kind of gauge how folks are interacting with you related to the questions you're asking, um, I think was was phenomenal. So we talk a lot about things that COVID taught us. I think the things that COVID taught us um, in terms of demos and and product um, understanding uh, is that sometimes it's it's better to do that stuff in person so that you can see the the real piece, you can see it, smell it, you know, touch it, all of those things. And I think that was a lot of fun to be able to do that. It was. So there's so many demo companies out there showing their wares getting up on stage, that seven-minute demo. Uh, were you able to catch out uh, quite a few of those those demos on stage? Yeah, a- absolutely. And I think a lot of those vendors are vendors that, uh, that we've either had interactions with, with in the past or are thinking about having interactions with in the future. So to see them up there in that seven minutes uh, was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's almost like speed dating, right? So one demo mm-hmm. to the next. Um, but it was it was great to watch. And uh, yeah, we caught, uh, we caught quite a few of them. And David, I always love having you on the show because you have such a great background. You have a great setup there. 
Uh, and where are you guys at? Roanoke or, or Fort Worth down in, down in Texas? Yeah. Yeah, we got three locations. I'm sitting in the one in Fort Worth. Uh, we have one in Nashville as well as one in, uh, in Novi, Michigan. So, um, so we were in Arkansas last week. We we're talking a lot about the market, what the market's doing, how uh, how's that's affecting sales and technology decisions. So from your point of view, they're in the command center in Fort Worth. What's your view on the market and, and kind of how that's dictating how riders operating uh, their, their freight brokerage? Yeah, I think it's a really good question because at the end of the day, I mean, this is this is an inside sales role um, that uh, that we typically uh, recruit for, um, and so you know, one of the things that uh, that we talk a lot about is before kind of this pandemic, you you really would walk into a college or you'd walk into any location and you talk freight brokerage and and people would would not understand what brokerage is. Really, they wouldn't understand what supply chain is. Um, a lot of folks would look at you like you have three eyes, right? Broke. Is that mortgage brokerage? Is that stock brokerage? Like, I don't understand what brokerage is. Uh, and even the word broker, I think, had a negative connotation for a long time. Uh, and I think through this pandemic, right, we've seen the word supply chain come out. Uh, I think FreightWaves has done a really good job about pushing that information uh, out there. I think when you have NBC News covering headlines of uh, supply chain and what's going on in the supply chain, mm-hmm. uh, you get a lot more questions. You get a lot more people that are engaged with that. And so I think for us, you know, the market in, in the configuration of uh, going through that pandemic and what was happening inside of it um, allowed us to be able to walk into different locations that we typically wouldn't walk into uh, and have conversations about potentially coming to work for Ryder and the freight brokerage. And so things where, you know, you would typically go into, you know, a college campus and maybe you'd go after marketing or communications majors. Uh, you're now able to go into really any environment uh, and talk about the supply chain and talk about sales related to that. Um, and you can have people that are interested. So I think it's only helped us. I think it's helped us just from a brand recognition perspective. People know Ryder from the trucks. People know Ryder from the warehouses. Um, and so now we can just dump on top of that uh, the brokerage aspect. Um, and they've heard about supply chain. So it allows us to just have better, more in-depth conversations uh, with folks that we typically wouldn't be uh, even looking at from a sales perspective. It's interesting because we always use uh, the, the word supply chain. We're in the industry. We use uh, transportation, logistics, supply chain. Uh, but but when you boil it down to on, on a mainstream level or a street level, it, it's operations, right? If you're yeah. if you sell physical products, then your operation includes manufacturing, procurement, everything. That's just operations. But you tie them all together. That's when you call them call it kind of a, a supply chain. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that's a really good point, right, is because typically those same folks that would shy away from the word supply chain um, now are um, allowing themselves to at least have the conversation about it because they recognize how intertwined um, the supply chain really is. Everything from their products at the store uh, to things they want to go buy online, all of it's intertwined. So if, uh, if they are a salesperson or they classify themselves as wanting to get into sales, um, then having the conversation about what are we selling, um, how are we selling, what, what are our customers, who are we talking to, uh, it's a much easier conversation. Um, and I had somebody, you know, and it's the old adage, right? Sales is sales. Um, now, brokerage sales is a little bit different in terms of uh, how we build out our relationships and what we're going after. Um, but at the end of the day, if you have somebody that's interested in sales, um, being involved in the supply chain almost feels like they're doing something to, to, to better the environment based on all the issues that they've seen personally and probably felt personally uh, from their uh, from the supply chain issues that we saw really the past two years. Mm-hmm. And, and let's talk about past two years and, and kind of labor market and, and hiring and, and kind of 
and, and recruiting. You know, how's how's the labor market out there? How how are you adjusting to it? You're talking about a, a little bit about since supply chain's mainstream now, it makes it a little bit easier. What are you seeing in in the recruiting front? Yeah, I think it's a it's a good question because I think we're all fighting for kind of the same folks. And I you know I make the old joke right when I came out of college, there was one opportunity. Now, granted, my degree is a little <laughs> bit different than. Uh, than most. I'm a nuclear engineer by trade. Oh, wow. So there, there was one opportunity. Um, it was either, you know, you go the government routes or, or you go the civilian routes. Um, so I think there's, you know, there, the times have changed just from the standpoint of the number of opportunities that folks have. Um, and I think that's a big play in terms of where we're at right now. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it, it has forced companies to go sell the company. Whereas before you could put an offer on a table, you could give a deadline, and the candidate either either took it or didn't. More often than not, they took it because there wasn't a ton of opportunities out there. Now, that same strategy doesn't work. Um, you have to sell the company. Why should you come here? What is in it for the candidates? How are we going to help that candidate grow? And I think you're hearing words from candidates that, that we previously haven't heard or maybe we just didn't pay attention to, right? Hey, I want to I move up. I want to grow. I want to move into leadership. I want to expand my understanding. I want to be challenged. Um, those are words that you're hearing on the recruiting front. Um, and now you have to go sell the company. Why is my company going to uh, be able to do that versus some other company? And it's no longer just about money. Um, I think money is, is a piece that gets folks to the table. But I think you're hearing a lot more of folks actually buying into the company. And I think that's what's great about Ryder as a whole, right? I mean, you have a 90-year-old company that has its aspects, its hands in all aspects of the supply chain. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, there's things that we can offer that maybe somebody else can't. Uh, but that's not to say that other companies are are have a disadvantage. It just means that we have to sell this piece and we have to understand what we're selling to the candidates um, and then turn around and, and actually do that, right? Help these candidates mm -hmm. uh, move up throughout their career and help these candidates actually uh, experience what winning is inside of a sales-based environment. Yeah, and it's interesting. You're selling the company right now. You're selling Ryder. Come work for us. As we all know in sales, right, that they're signing on the dotted line, accepting them <laughs> off or offer or winning the bid. Right. And then the real hard work comes into place yeah. where they, they enter into your organization. They enter into Rider. Now it's time to, to train, motivate, get everyone up to speed to, to, to perform at their best level. So how are you approaching that? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really good question from the standpoint of, you know, how do you how do you take somebody and, and this is kind of two different facets. How do you take somebody that doesn't know any sales experience and train them to be sales? And then how do you take somebody that has sales experience, um, build them up so that they can be even more successful inside of your company. And the way that we approach that really is, is the same way, right? And, and we start very heavy from day one, whether you're an experienced salesperson or a brand new, never been in the industry salesperson with the same model. And that model, uh, requires us, uh, to focus heavily on the, the training aspect, day one experience of that person. And that, that is everything from learning what a truck is to learning what insurance is to learning what accessorials are. Everything underneath the sun and whether you're a director or whether you're a senior account executive or whether you're fresh out of school, you all get the same training because that to us is setting the baseline, not only from understanding how we approach sales, how we approach the brokerage space, but also from setting up the culture. Um, and we believe that that training evolution really is the kind of catalyst for the culture uh, that goes forward. Um, and what I mean by that is, 
you know, if I bring somebody in um, and I give them a computer and say, go sell, um, they're going to kind of resort back to what they've been taught. Or if they've never been taught, they're going to try to figure it out on their own. And they probably have uh, things that they learn along the way that maybe are good, maybe aren't. Um, and they're probably going to not be as successful as if we bring them in, we do the exact same training to everybody, then we provide them a mentor afterwards, such that they can be successful. And I tell people all the time, like, our number one goal as leaders in this space is to help people succeed. It is not beneficial for us to bring somebody in and not have them succeed. So we're going to double down on training. We're going to double down on building out the right culture. We're going to double down on making sure that they understand the expectations. And then we're going to turn around and we're going to actually uh, build out technology or have technology that allows them to know very quickly, where do I stand? How am I doing? Uh, we talk a lot about the inputs. Am I doing the right inputs? Am I putting in the right amount of effort? Am I focusing on the right things? And if I am, am I winning? And if I'm not winning, then let's go back to the inputs. Let's go figure out where we as leaders made mistakes um, because we own that training and let's help this person actually get up to speed. So for us, you know, it, it, it all boils back into that first day one experience and that training evolution um, and building them up from that piece into the salespeople that we need them to be. Um, and we found a, a whole bunch of success with this. Um, we think that uh, it's allowed us to grow at the level that we're growing. Uh, and it's allowed us to retain the people that, uh, that we've brought in since, uh, since we started this program. And I, I think that's something that the industry doesn't really talk about. And that really separates the, the great organizations from the, the rest of the pack is training. Uh, yeah. Training is so important, especially in, in freight brokerage. I remember I, I got into freight brokerage about 10, 11 years ago. I didn't know anything at all. And it was one of the hardest, you know, just, just the vernacular, you know, you know, drive-in reefer, flatbed, open deck, you know, you have all these accessorials uh, and then everything that goes wrong uh, in between every load, right? You know, the, the yeah. challenges, right? And in learning how to, uh, to, to, to master that, the, this new industry, and I've sold, you know, probably five or six different industries, right? Trucking, transportation, logistics, by far the hardest to learn. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think you mentioned a lot of that is just purely understanding the vernacular. What are the acronyms, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, understanding, you know, how do, I, how do I talk to a carrier versus how do I talk to a shipper? Those are two separate conversations mm -hmm. uh, that have to happen, um, but they're completely different conversations. And so a lot for us is we teach folks that we want them to succeed. We are doing everything we can to make sure they succeed. Um, and our job is to help them understand really the basics of this and then build upon those basics. And so for us, it, it really focuses on let's go all the way down to just what is a truck and what does it do and why should you care? Um, the person that's driving that truck, well, why should you care about them? When you pick up the phone and talk to them, you're talking to somebody that is at their job, they're at their their place of work. And so understanding how to address them and how to talk to them um, and how to know when they're upset versus just the situation at hand um, and what's going on with that. Um, and then when you're talking to the shippers, um, you know, at the end of the day, the shippers care about, did my freight pick up and, and did it deliver? Um, and so being able to uh, articulate some of the issues that maybe a shipper is having uh, and build upon solutions for that shipper um, those are going to be things that are going to help you inside of this industry, but you have to understand, you know, why, why is that shipper even allowing you to move their freight? What are they doing with other folks that maybe is not working out for them? And so now you've been uh, tasked with providing them a solution. 
Um, and I think that's what's great about kind of what we're doing here in the Rider Freight Brokerage is, you know, we, we teach our folks who the end user really is, right? And yes, this is sales. And yes, at the end of the day, sales is about winning new customers um, and, and the aspects that go with that in terms of being able to make incentive. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we really want to serve as an extension of that shipper supply chain. And we really want to serve as a carrier's partner, somebody that that carrier can go to. So if we teach that at day one and we teach them that these are really your two goals, and then we go off and empower them to go off and make those decisions around that, um, then the rest of it will kind of figure itself out. And if they make mistakes along the way because they didn't understand a certain aspect of an accessorial or a late fee or anything of that nature, well, then we're going to build them up and we're going to teach them the right way to go about that in the future. But at the end of the day, it is purely about making sure that you kind of keep those two macro points of view uh, in focus, right? And making sure that that shipper can go to sleep at night and know that their freight's going to move perfectly and know that, uh, you know, that carrier uh, respects you and uh, and uh, wants to partner with you for future loads. And that's, that's a really great point, David. It really is. And it reminds me of, you know, especially if, if you're new in the freight brokerage game, if you're new in freight brokerage sales, whether it's carrier sales or account management, whatever it is, especially if you're new, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. Because yeah. there are a lot of a lot of unknown unknowns, things you can't control, things that are just going to go wrong. And if you're not having issues and problems and, and making mistakes, as long as you learn from them, right, then you're probably not trying hard enough. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And I, I think that's one of the characteristics that we really uh, hone in on during interviews, right, is, is all about ownership. Because, mm-hmm. it, you know, the, the saying I, I, I tell people all the time, right, that shipper doesn't care about the 99% of time things went right. They may care from a price perspective, um, but they're going to care about that 1% when things went wrong and what you did about them. Um, and listen, I mean, weather comes up, uh, things come up, tires get blown, um, you know, traffic happens. Like, those are things that happen. But at the end of the day, that shipper cares about, hey, how did this person go off and solve this problem? So if we can turn around and empower our folks to solve the problem, even if it means they made a mistake, they're still looking for solutions for that shipper. um, That's going to be a huge win for us in terms of what we're trying to do. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, you're spot on that folks have to make mistakes to kind of learn from that. Um, And this industry, mistakes happen every single day. Um, but it just boils down to how did you turn around and take the mistake and build from it so that you can build that long-term relationship with that shipper so that shipper knows at the end of the day, I can go to that freight broker because I know regardless of what happens, they're going to take care of me. And, mm-hmm. and listen, I mean, shippers, I've, I've been on that side of it. They, uh, they know weather comes up. They know things happen. Um, but if you have somebody on the other line that's doing everything in their power to take ownership of that and actually drive a solution, then that shipper is probably going to pick up the phone and call that broker again and again um, versus the broker that simply says, hey, the weather delayed us. Sorry, nothing I can do about it. And that's a, a big differentiator right there, right? I mean, if you provide solutions when things go wrong, shippers will keep calling you back because there's a lot of freight brokers out there who, who are just like, well, tough. And uh, yeah. I got other things to do. Uh, exactly. So, David, um, well, let's wrap it up here. Where uh, what, what does the, the rest of 2022 look like? in the market for you and, and your plans and, and, and writers plans and kind of what, what are you seeing in the market? Yeah, I think, uh, I think from a rider perspective, right, we're, we're going to continue to grow. We have big plans and big initiatives to build out, um, our freight brokerage. Um, I think, you know, in terms of headcount, 
uh, we need to uh, we need to significantly increase our headcount based on what we're seeing inside this market. Um, and I think a lot of that boils back into what did we do the past two years? Well, the past two years we have focused heavily on those relationships, and we focused heavily on building out long-term relationships with these shippers. Um, and we've seen our shippers respond. Um, we've seen our shippers come back to us a time and time again. Um, that really means, hey, we got more freight to go move. Um, and that's an awesome, awesome environment to be in. Um, so we're always looking for good talent. We're always out there in the market um, trying to expand our, uh, our number of account executives to go off and, uh, and support this business. Um, but for us, it's all about expansion. It's all about growth. Um, and we see nothing but, you know, th- this market's going to take some, uh, some dips. Um, and we've, we've already started to see that. Um, but the thing that we keep on focusing on is if you're building that relationship, the dip will come um, and we'll have to adjust to that. Uh, but at the end of the day, when that market uh, pops back to uh, to the other side, uh, you're going to have that long-term customer because of what you did during this period of time. So this is actually a great time for us, and uh, and we love it, um, and we're excited to see kind of what the future holds for us. Um, but we're uh, we're going to keep expanding and keep growing. Thank you very much, David. Thanks for uh, joining us, uh, David Stone. Take care Thanks, and yeah. see you next in-person event. Definitely. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. That was Dave Stone, Senior Director of Transportation Management there at Ryder, talking about recruiting and, and talent and, and training. And I, I think that's uh, a topic that is underserved in, in freight brokerage is, is training. It is very important. Uh, again, Future of Supply Chain was last week. You can catch it on tv.freightwaves.com and you can catch, put that coffee down here every Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, live on Freight Waves TV. I got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when these expensive, I got expensive, cause when